Hello and welcome to the Glenn Merzer Show. Uh, please don't forget to sub subscribe. I'm trying to get to 2 million subscribers. I'm a little bit short. But uh, if we can get to 2 million subscribers, that'll be very good for the vegans. Uh, my special guest today is Molly Elwood. And um, she may be an unusual guest for a vegan-themed show because she is the founder and CEO of Elwood Dog Meat, which you could find at elwooddogmeat.com. That's one L in Elwood. Molly, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Good. So what what brought you into the dog meat business? Yeah. So uh, me and my partner, we used to be vegan, actually. Uh, and we just found mm. that we, we felt like we weren't getting enough nutrition. We didn't do a lot of research, but just weren't feeling our best. So we thought we'd add some meat back, but we were feeling very uncomfortable about uh, the treatment of animals on in, in farms. And so we thought... Um, uh, our step uncle had been running a, a dog meat farm just outside of the city. And, um, we kind of had a, a drunk Thanksgiving when we were just like, you know what, why aren't we just doing this? This would be great. We're going to leave the city and go to the farm and put our hands back in the soil and, you know, know where our meat comes from. So yeah, we've been doing this since oh, about like six years now, but he's been, uh, the step uncle started the farm in 1981. Now, are there certain kinds of dogs that people find more delicious, like the fattier dogs, the St. Bernards, something like that? Yeah, definitely. The, fat, the fattier, the better. Uh, probably less healthy for you, but uh, very enjoyable. Um, pug is just delicious. It's just the, the little bellies make great bacon. Um, but uh, yeah, Lab is also very, uh, if, you, if you raise them right, it has, a, has really good marbling. Now, people come up with different kinds of names for meats because they don't like to say that they're eating cows, so they say yeah. they're eating beef. Yeah. Uh, they don't like to say they're eating pigs, so they say they're eating pork. Mm -hmm. With dogs, is it dork or is there another <laughs> word like beef? that? Uh, no, we actually just we actually just name we use the breed and you know corgi legs oh. or lab steaks. Um, we just found it was kind of complicated, especially as all the vegan the vegan brands joined the space. We didn't want people to think they're eating plants or something gross by calling it deef. So, uh -huh. yeah. Okay. And what what kinds of reactions do you get to people learning that you're in the dog meat business? Yeah. Well, some we have some very supportive people. A lot of people have tried dog and they like it and are happy to find a local source for it. Um, we do get a lot of hate. We got that, you know, America's a big group of dog lovers here. And so we get a lot of people who just don't understand how we do things on the farm. You know, they, we do things right, but they, they, they somehow think that we're raising pets, but these, you know, these are, these are meat dogs. They are not, um, they're, they're not pets. They were, they've never been pets and their purpose is meat. So. All yeah. right. Before we get any hate mail, <laughs> let's Making put an end to this. <laughs> Folks, Molly is not really raising dogs for meat, but she is the founder of ElwoodDogMeat.com, which makes that point. So tell us, Molly, about Elwood Dog Meat. Dot com and why you the have truth. been pretending to be raising dogs for food. Um, yeah. So I started this uh, in August of 2021 
and it is a uh, journey that people go on where it looks real. Uh, and as you scroll down the website, it starts to talk you through why you might be feeling angry about this and then connects it at the end to all the animals that a lot of people normally eat. Um, so I made this just because I pers personally wanted a tool. I wanted a good activist tool to talk to people about dog meat. And I was tired of just fighting with people on Twitter. <laughs> so uh, I made the website and then made some social media and it uh, kind of took off from there. Well, it really gets to the heart of the cognitive dissonance that meat eaters have, doesn't right. it? Because right. people think nothing for some reason about eating pigs, uh, but they would never dream of treating a dog, much less eating it, the way we treat pigs. Right, uh, right. And is there any basis for that in in rationality? I mean, the excuse that I often hear is... is uh, you know, historically, where how how dogs and humans became, you know, best friends, um, uh -huh. and that I mean, we but we could say that that could have happened with a pig, I guess, um, but that I mean that doesn't excuse it. It doesn't. It doesn't change. It doesn't change our relationship with other animals or dogs, I guess. Um, and um, from from the standpoint of. Uh, of feeling pain, it would be essentially the same between a yeah. pig and a dog, right? If not, maybe a pig might feel more. We don't know. I mean, I don't know that problem. Yeah. I'm not a scientist, but I mean, one thing I do like to always joke as dog meat is saying things like what, you know, a, a dog is dumber than a pig as opposed to, you know, the <laughs> vegan argument's always like a pig smarter than a dog. And I like to be like, no, no, you can totally eat this because it's dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have, and I use the word it intentionally in this context. <laughs> right. Have Have you encountered people who have believed that you're really in the dog meat business oh, and gotten angry at you? Yes, very much so. Very much so. I get a lot of death threats. I get a lot of emails. I get a lot of, um, I have a voicemail set up, which just, it was just an impulse. I was like, you know, you can just set up a voicemail. And I put a phone number on my website and I regularly get horrified messages from people. Um, and I've had a couple in real life that have happened. I had, uh, I have this big magnet on the side of my truck that makes my truck look like a work truck that uh -huh. has old dog meat on it. And I was driving through a parking lot once and a woman, I, w I was driving slowly looking for a parking spot and a woman slapped the side of my truck and was like, are you eating dogs? And I was like, visit the website and you know, drove <laughs> off. Um, and then I had a man at Vegandale who is very inebriated and he, he could not be reasoned with. And he, uh, aggressively cleared my table of all my stickers and brochures. And we had to be, he had to be talked down and he cried when he figured out what he'd done. He was like, Oh my God, this is humiliating for him, but great for the animals. Now, some of those people who get angry at the thought that you're in the dog meat business may themselves be meat eaters, right? Yes. Yes. Um, it, it, I mean, there are ve obviously vegans. There are vegans that get caught in it and I feel bad. They're like my, <laughs> my bycatch. Uh, sorry, vegans. Um, but the, uh, yeah, a lot of meat eaters a lot, and I get a lot of messages from people who have changed because of it. They just say, you know, I was holding my cat and crying and thinking this was real and, uh, realized what is the difference. Um, I had somebody just messaged me, uh, last month. He said he's been vegan since last year. Um, part in due in part to the posts I've been putting up. So right. I was very excited about that. 
Have you come across other people who've said, hey, you made me think and I'm not yes, eating meat anymore? Yes, yes, very much so. I actually keep a thread on Twitter um, that tracks these these people, these messages. And some of them are just like, I've given up meat or I, you know, one woman was like, I'm pregnant and I have three children and my husband. And so you've just made, I'm bad at math, however many people that is, you just made this many people vegan. Um, and then there are people who are like, this just, you know, this made me think, and this might be the first step towards veganism for them, you know, planting the mm -hmm. seed. How long have you been vegan yourself? Oh gosh, six or seven years now. Um, yeah. Wish it had been longer. What, what, turned you vegan? Did you see somebody in the dog meat business or? <laughs> no. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, it's funny is before being vegan, um, I ate everything. Um, I lived, I lived abroad in China and just ate everything that I could find. We played roulette Let on the menu. Let me interrupt there. You yeah. lived abroad in China. Yes. And in China, <clears throat> are there places where dog is served? Yes, there are. I may have tried it. And there was this big oh connection to go, wow, there's, it tastes the same. It, there's no taboo. Like, you know, you think you'd try it and go, oh my God, I'm, you know, magically transported to hell or whatever it is that you feel. And mm -hmm. it was so, it, it, that was a very poignant moment for me to go, wow, there's no difference between this and anything else I have eaten before. Um, and I generally don't talk about that, but, <laughs> but at the same time, so, a little bit later, um, after coming back and feeling like, well, I've done my duty as a carnivore. I've eaten all the animals. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I decided to be vegetarian at home because I was like, might as well try it. Um, and it turned out to be very easy. Um, uh -huh. and then, and then going vegan was, uh, I saw a, a video from, I think the humane league of chicks being sorted into a garbage can. And I, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And so I spent a lot of time Googling and had a dark night of the soul, figuring out, learning as a, as a 35 year old woman that, uh, cows had to be pregnant to give milk. And, <laughs> uh, and I went vegan from the, that day on. And, and again, I thought it'd be really hard. I thought I'd just try it for a month and it wouldn't stick. And sadly it stuck I, at the time. That was what I thought I was like, Oh God, am I vegan now? Oh, so yeah. <laughs> You know, I run a dog but, meat farm. But now that you've been vegan for how long? Almost seven years, I think. Seven years. Now that you've been vegan for seven years, was it the best choice you oh, ever made? Yeah, it is the absolute best choice. It is delicious and most of the time very easy. And it's connected me with so many great people and opened my eyes to so many interesting topics and given me uh, given me so much purpose. Now, it sounds like... You went vegan really for the animals. Yes, 100%. Uh, there are people who go vegan for the animals. There are people who go vegan for the environment. And there are people mm -hmm. who go vegan for health. Mm -hmm. um, when you went vegan for the animals, did you know much about the connection to the environment and to health? Or have you oh. learned that along the way? Oh, my God. When I first went vegan, I just assumed I was going to die. Like, I just assumed. I was like, <laughs> well, that's it. I'm going to die now. Uh but the animals, like it was, it was, it was very dark. And then I'd probably say, you know, like week number two, I found, you know, I, I went to the, I went to the library or the, the bookstore. I think there's a used bookstore in Portland where I was. And I bought every book on the shelf about veganism, vegan for dummies, you know, eating for vegan, whatever these, I don't even remember the titles. 
and then found out the health benefits and was just relieved. I was like, oh my God, what a benefit. And I, I remember getting my first, I heard one of your podcasts where you're talking about the blood work. I remember getting my first blood work done after being vegan and they asked me if I had been fasting. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, what are, you, what are you talking about? They're like, well, your numbers indicate like you've, you've, you've been fasting. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just vegan. I just, that's just my normal numbers. <laughs> um, and then comparing them, uh, I, I don't know any of the numbers after, before and after, but the huge increase in my healthiness was uh-huh. shocking and fabulous. And have you felt that too, or it's just your oh, blood work? Oh yeah, no, I definitely feel that. Um, um, I did. Ha- I did have problems that when I went vegan, I wanted to prove that it was easy to be vegan, and so I ate all the vegan junk food at the beginning, and gained weight because I was just like, well, there's also I was thinking like I had scarcity mindset. You know, there's there's vegan cake. When am I ever going to see vegan cake again? And then I see vegan cake two days later. I'm like, when am I going to see vegan cake again? <laughs> so I went on a, a bit of a rampage. Um, but um, I lost weight recently, and just being being health being healthy being a healthy weight. Um, and being able to exercise and eat healthy and know how to know how to nourish myself is just it's fabulous. You know, I, I've also heard you talk about eating eating for um, nutrition, not just you know eating for flavor, and how mm-hmm. what a change in the mindset that is. And it's yes. it feels great. It feels great when you can be like, I feel bad right now. What do I need? I think I need a big bowl of kale. You know. <laughs> Right. When you eat something that makes you feel virtuous, makes you feel like you're you're nourishing your body. Yeah. And then taste doesn't matter quite as much. Yeah. But I think that also you can it's it's so exciting how you can make it taste fabulous by even even when it is a, a virtuous bowl or something, you know, you're like, right. what if I had some vinegar in this? Ooh, what if I added, you yeah. know, pickled right. onions or Right. Let me tell you about one of the most delicious things I've been eating lately. Ooh, I want to hear. Buckwheat cereal. Oh, now, yes. Buckwheat cereal is the blandest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Like if you had COVID and you <laughs> lost your sense of taste and then overnight you got your sense of taste back mm-hmm. and for breakfast you had buckwheat cereal, yeah. you wouldn't know that you got your taste back. <laughs> That's how bland it is. But what I do is I make this buckwheat cereal, which I know is healthy for me. Mm-hmm. And then I put in all these berries and spices and everything. And oh, then it yeah. becomes like a cream with all these flavors in it. And so this bland food becomes like a really delicious breakfast. Oh, yeah. That sounds great. So, yeah. I wasn't even so, kidding when you were like, mm, buckwheat. I was like, uh, there's a grocery store in my neighborhood that has just a, a, the, wall, <laughs> the wall of grains. You know, the, it's all the uh-huh. Bob's Red Mill, everything. And uh-huh. I, I want to buy them all, but I'm like, just buy one at a time, two at a time, yeah. maybe. Um, and I was looking at all the different cereals. I'm a big oatmeal fan, and I really like the uh-huh. steel-cut oatmeal. I like the really the really rich stuff. And do all I right. do the same thing. I start with frozen berries, and then I mix in the oatmeal, and then I put in chia seeds and maybe some granola. Right. And I like putting a yogurt on top, vegan yogurt on top of it, and uh-huh. it becomes a great soup. Yeah. Um, do you tend to follow recipes or just make things up as you go? You know, it's interesting. I've just started getting more into cooking. I, my husband always cooks for me. And so I've been cooking, uh, and before that, and to this, I mean, up until then only followed recipes. I felt very nervous about experimenting. 
Um, mm -hmm. My favorite cookbook was the I Can Cook Vegan cookbook by um, Chandra Moskowitz. Is that her name? Okay. Um, and um, it's just such simple recipes. And I was cooking my way through it till the pandemic started and I couldn't get my ingredients, you know, the specific ingredients I wanted anymore. But lately I've been actually experimenting and it's been really fun to, to get away from I kept thinking I had to name what I was cooking. Like I'm making spaghetti. I am making, you know, you know, stir fry or something. And now I'm just going, what ingredients do I have? And I start cooking them. I'm like, I think this needs X. And I just start putting it in. By the time I'm done, I'm like, is it a bowl? Is it a curry? Is it, I don't know. It's great. We're just cooking. Now your background is in what field? Uh, I'm in advertising. My background's in advertising. I'm a copywriter. So I've done advertising for almost 15 years. So I asked you before why you got into the dog meat business. <laughs> Let me ask you now. Yeah. With your background in advertising, did you have a, a eureka moment and decide I could kind oh. of advertise this concept? Oh, exactly. That is exactly what it was. So um, when I went vegan, I, I really wanted to do, I really wanted to tell people about it, obviously. The minute you, the minute you find the truth, you got to tell everybody, even if they don't want to hear it. Uh, which is kind of like advertising. You got to sell people on stuff that they don't want to buy. <laughs> but uh, no, I, so I've been trying to write about it. And then the, when the dog meat thing came up, it was like, this is all my advertising skills. You know, I make signs, I make websites, I make t-shirts, I make all these things. And it was, it was so fun to just be able to use, use my 15 years of background in order to create new things. Um and then there is also the, uh, um, I was able to, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was really great being able to use all my, use all my writing skills and, uh, especially it's exciting because the internet allows you to make things, you know, you've got the, you can just make t-shirts, you can make stickers, you can print on demand, you can, you know, and I think that that's very empowering for vegans to, to use the tools that are available. And um, do you have any statistics on the kind of numbers of hits you've gotten and oh views you've gotten? Oh my gosh, I do. If you can hold on one second, I'll I'll tell you those because uh, they're pretty exciting. Um, yeah, let's get the exact numbers. Oh my god, the ex I want the I want to send say, say the exact numbers. So um, it started August 2021, um, and as of April, dog meat. Elwooddogmeat.com has 2.99 million unique views. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's massive. And just thinking that I was just you know one person trying to reach people, and that just just touches me. Um, the Facebook page has 74,000 followers, uh, and I have one crazy viral post that has reached 17.8 million people. <laughs> wow! What did that post say? Oh my God. It's, it's funny. Cause it's the same. I, the, the, one of the posts that goes viral every time is that like, it's, it's, it's the same content that I've done like three or four times and it goes viral. And it is, uh, said goodbye to 782 this day. You know, she was a very good dog and now she will surface serve her purpose. And it always shows a woman with a dog. And I think there's a lot of, um, misogyny in that they really like to hate the ladies. And, uh, so I ch always choose a woman because it goes viral. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, not I'm not following that. What, people want to hate. People want to hate the woman who's in the picture. It's a woman with a dog, and it says she's oh. harvested this dog 
Oh, so, so if it was a man with a dog, it wouldn't I've get tried as much it and hate. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's fascinating. Isn't that crazy? People want to hate women in the dog meat business more than men in the dog meat business. Maybe it's more believable or maybe the algorithm chooses for women. You know, maybe, I don't know. I haven't figured that out. I want to sell this information to somebody who who needs it. uh, I don't think the sex of the dog matters, does it? No, it does not. No, they don't care. They don't care what happens to her. Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, so those are the ones that that go viral, which is, and it is, uh, it's funny. So it's a picture of a woman taking her dog. It's a woman, like it was a woman. This, the one, this one is a woman in a pink dress drinking wine and she's like looking lovingly at a dog. And then right next to her is a, is some packages of steaks. And so it's the two of these juxtaposed to get, uh, sorry, side by side next to each other. Um, I also think the composition is really nice because she's in a pink dress and the meat looks pink. Um, and then did, did you take the photographs? No, it's all eye stock. I just um, I oh, go through eye stock and find what kind of looks realistic. Okay. So yeah. then you put that out on Facebook mm-hmm. with what words? Well, so the words come from family farms. I actually, I'd say um, three quarters to, you know, mo- the majority of my content comes directly from farmers. Um, I, I, I'm always on Instagram on the family farm hashtag or something like that, trying to find, because I want to use the exact same language. I want to make sure that I'm not embellishing anything. I'm And I, and I want it to be realistic too. So, um, but what's funny is when you add the word dog, somebody's like, did somebody actually say that? I'm like, yes, somebody actually did say we harvested 482 today. She served her purpose and now we will enjoy, you know, a beautiful dinner. Thank you. And it's, so it's, um, it's shocking when you change that. So it's the language of humane meat that you use. Yes, a hundred percent. So ethical. Well, and I think that that that's what I really want to focus on is that no matter what you do, it's we wouldn't we wouldn't be okay with it. it there's no. It kind of comes down to the main vegan argument of there's no humane way to slaughter anything that doesn't want to die. Um, and so even if even if it was your pet dog, even if I had a dog right here that had been treated well their entire life, uh, slept on a nice bed, and I hugged it, me killing him right now painlessly would anger people but if I it was a cow so. yes. they would be that like that could be oh. the end of my show don't yeah. do that yeah no i don't have a dog so uh, and i know you would never do that no never um uh i'm just wondering how many people in the first two minutes of our interview <laughs> got you, you may get some i'll give you my auto replies it's uh Okay. Uh, go to the website and go all the way to the bottom. But you have mostly a vegan audience, so you just tell them the truth. You're like, no, vegan activist. It's, <laughs> yeah. So right, and the website again, listeners, is Elwood E L W O O D dogmeat dot com. Right. Yes. Yes, and we're on Facebook as at Elwood Dogmeat and Twitter at Elwood Dogmeat. And and on Instagram, we've been taken down multiple times for breaking community rules of showing violence, despite the fact that there's no violence. It's just meat and dogs. Wow. So on, on, our, on which on which on social Instagram, media? On Instagram. On so our our Instagram account is Elwood's Organic Dog because I've lost <laughs> dog meat. Yeah, no, they will take it down, and it's great. I always love sharing. Whenever any of my content gets taken down, 
I have such a great time screenshotting that and sharing it on the other platforms and saying, Facebook hates family farms. And then when they put it back, I'm like, Facebook loves dog meat. Like either way, they're losing. <laughs> and, you know, when you deal with Facebook and uh, Amazon and. Um, it's all robots. There's no it, one living It's all there. bots. You can't oh, complain to a person. No. It's all I, bots. Oh, I got. um, I just posted a, a voicemail, a compilation of voicemails. And uh, one of the, one of the one comment was, what did that first person say? I'm having trouble understanding them because the person was so upset. They were just like, it was a whole bunch of expletives that were all bleeped out. And when I typed out what the person said and put it as a comment, even though I put it in quotes, it got removed for harassment. And you can't tell anybody. You can't be like, no, no, no. I'm just saying what they said. I'm not bullying anyone. I've been bullied. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. There are no people there. No, there's no. I, I don't even know if Jeff Bezos is real. No, they're, they're, no. it's just bots <laughs> in, in all these social media companies. Yeah, uh, and Amazon. Um, so, how about family and friends? Have family and friends reacted to what you've done, and uh, oh, you gosh. get support? Or, oh, or... Gosh. Uh, yes, um, I have some family members who really liked it and got very excited. Uh, my mother-in-law put an Elwood bumper sticker on her fiddle case, which she now takes to all she's, she, and she, she, um, went mostly vegan after we went vegan. Um, yeah. So she put the Elwood dog meat bumper sticker on her fiddle case and takes it out to where she, she plays like community band stuff. And, uh, there, I, I imagine the question she gets, um, uh, yeah. And then I have some, you know, I have some friends that are excited about it. I have friend, a lot of non-vegan friends who mm-hmm. think it's very funny and they're like, oh my God, you're, how amazing is it that you've made such an impression? I'm like, yeah, but not on you. Have you been in the website? <laughs> what are you doing? Come on. Um, so there's still a lot of, and what, what answers do you get when people say, no, I can't go vegan? What, what, what answers do they? Oh, get? it's all the usual ones. I have a health problem. I'm allergic to, to, to nuts. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm allergic I, to I nuts. tried it. I tried it once and then I went traveling and it was much easier to not be vegan. So I decided afterwards that I'm not going to be vegan anymore. Uh, or, you know, it, it's a, it's a whole number of things. And, or they just don't want to. I think that's the hardest part is that's also the people that dog meat can't reach is that like the people who just don't care. And I'm like, maybe you'll be reached by something else. Maybe you'll be reached through health or the environment. Um, mm-hmm. But the people who claim to not care about animals, well, I think they're lying. You know, they've put up, mm-hmm. they've put up such a barrier. It's not, it's not my place as a random stranger to be right. bullying them. But I want to. Oh, my God, I want to. Isn't it amazing when people call themselves animal lovers as they're Gosh. eating fried chicken? Or well, I think that they I, I do think they are animal lovers. And I just don't they haven't they they haven't thought it through, because if you think it through, then you would be vegan. Like there's no there's no way you mm-hmm. actually put the thought into it. You know, one thing that I like to do. I, I often get stuck in long conversations with strangers who are messaging me at dog meat because I find that anybody who is taking the time to message me angrily, generally they're invested in this 
and they're ready to, they're ready to have a conversation. So I might waste way too much time talking to, you know, I'm a hunter and blah, blah, blah. But I've had some breakthroughs with them. And the thing that I like saying is, you know, let's say a bird hit your window at your house and -hmm. you find it outside and it's injured. You pick it, you pick it up and you, you can feel its warmth. You can feel its little heartbeat. You're going to feel connection to it and you might try and save it. You might put it in a box overnight. You might put a heat lamp on it. You may not know what you're going to do, but you're going to try and save that bird. If you had the opportunity, you would not eat that bird right then. You would not twist its neck and eat it. You might, you might say, I would eat a sparrow, but I'm not going to eat this sparrow. That is, that's this connection is every animal is that animal. Every animal could be the animal that, you know, if you put your hand on it, if you felt its warmth, if you felt their heartbeat, you'd be like, I can't eat this one. So, um, try and get, try and get that conversation going. (laughs) I don't know if you ever saw Anthony Bourdain's, uh, Oh, the bird one. Is it about the, is it about him eating that little bird? He would, he would, you know twist the neck of a chicken on screen and Mm -hmm. his point i think he celebrated meat eating and he hated us the vegans of course of course he called us terrorists yes he Um, did but his point was you should you shouldn't get your meat in cellophane in the grocery store Mm -hmm. you should kill it yourself which Mm -hmm. first of all isn't terribly practical no you got Hundreds of millions of meat eaters. It's hard, a little hard to mm-hmm. picture them uh, yeah. just in the United States going around killing animals. Um, <laughs> for the amount, but beyond for the that, amount of meat people are eating, you'd just be like, ah. Right. But beyond that, the, the idea that somehow if you kill it yourself, then it's part of the circle of life and then it's holy and, mm. and blessed you know, it doesn't quite fly. No, again, um, you do that to the dog and it, people get very up in arms about it. Yeah. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, and, you know, another health aspect that doesn't get talked about much is meat causes inflammation mm-hmm. when you eat meat. And that's because it isn't a natural human food. So just mm-hmm. like if you ate roadkill, mm-hmm. be filthy and dirty You'd eat it, you'd get inflammation in your body. Mm-hmm. Well, when you get, you know, chicken under cellophane in the grocery store, it's just as filthy. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. it isn't human food and it causes inflammation. Yeah. Um, when you have inflammation, it goes all over the body. It doesn't stop. So it goes to the brain. Mm. And it is a leading cause of depression which obviously oh, yeah. Anthony Bourdain suffered from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, who knows why he took his own life, and it's a shame that he did, but perhaps a good strategy mm-hmm. for him to have tried would have been to go vegan. Well, I just think that there's so many um, mental health benefits. I mean, of course, you got to balance that with the knowledge of all the stuff that's happening, which is, ugh. Yeah, it's depressing. But I think the mental health benefits of of eating this way are immeasurable. I mean, you know, eating the rainbow feels very good. It feels very nourishing. It feels, you feel so much lighter after eating. You don't like, I don't have guilt after eating, even if it's something extravagant when I'm done. I'm not, there's no self-loathing when I'm done. I'm like, oh, I ate way too much vegan fettuccine Alfredo. That's fine. (laughs) 
Uh, even when you were eating all that vegan cake, you were fine. Oh right? my God. It was great. I loved it. I loved every <laughs> moment. I mean, I, it was hard to run, but it was great. How long do you think you'll keep uh, ElwoodDogMeat.com going? Oh my God. I think as long as it keeps growing right now, uh, it is, it's doing well. I actually have, I think I have like three, three pieces of content right now that are all over a thousand interactions per piece. And they just all went up in the last two weeks. So every time I keep thinking, I'm like, oh, it's losing momentum. It's time to wrap it up something else happens. So, um, I'd like to grow it and have it get to the point where right now I have, uh, vegan activists in other countries who have started Elwood dog meat franchises in their country <laughs> in different languages. Um, and so I want to kind of explore that and see if that's possible to make some more like that so that we're reaching as many people and then setting up some, um, kind of ongoing dog meat tastings. I've had a lot of activists have done that and they've had a lot of success in it. So, um, I have free set up dog meat tasting stations. Yes. Yes. And I want dog meat booth. Um, and I have brochures and I have signs and I have printouts and it's all free that you can download from the website. Um, yeah. And then, so just activists who are interested in doing something a little quirky can go out and, um, they just did this at Berkeley and they just did this at University of Texas. I think UT, is that what UT is? University of Texas? Yeah. And some other places. And I've had it again at Vegandale. And the conversations you have about veganism through this lens are fabulous because you have non-vegans arguing vegan, making vegan arguments. And they're, yeah. they, they feel removed from the situation. They are arguing about animals and, and then doop surprise. Uh, so yes, uh, I would like to get more of those going on. Okay. Any other plans you want to tell us about? Uh, yeah. So Vegandale in Chicago on June 10th. Um, and then all the other vegan. What, what was that in Chicago? Oh, vegan, vegan Vegandale is a music food vegan. festival. Um, okay. and it's massive. It's, you know, I think 20,000 people. Is there going to be an Elwood dog booth? Yes, there, there will be an Elwood dog booth. There might be some art too for you to pose in. Um, I'll be there selling t-shirts, but mostly doing outreach because only, I think it's only a quarter of the attendees are vegan. And so I have a lot mm -hmm. of people who show, I have my, I have a big booth that says free samples on it and people read it and go, oh, this must be dog food. And they come up with their dogs and they're oh, like, yeah. he would like a sample. I'm like, that'd be cannibalism. So <laughs> um, uh, and then we have the conversation about veganism. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's coming up and I will be at, at Vegandale is in multiple, multiple cities over the next year. So in September, it'll be New York and then there'll be Toronto and, um, Miami and Los Angeles. And so there'll be a booth in each of those places. So that's really so, exciting. So being a vegan activist has turned into something like a full-time career. It is a full-time job. I actually started doing Elwood's full-time full in January. I'd been doing it alongside my other work before. Um, I used to work at Impossible Foods. And uh, uh -huh. yeah, I just started, I got the opportunity to do this full-time. So it's it's weird. It's very weird. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks so much. It was great being here. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you. Everyone remember to subscribe and take care.